WHCR 90.3 FM, the voice of Harlem, with Harlem River Cab. <laughs> WHCR, the voice of Harlem. What's happening? This is your boy Kev. Laku Kev! The Cosmic Compendium, or should I say the Quarantine Compendium. What's happening? It's a little crazy. But actually, we're going to switch up gears. I hope um, everybody is okay in this crazy pandemic, and I'm giving everybody uh, many blessings and uh, to you and your family. I know everybody's been impacted in one kind of way or another. And uh, one way universally everybody's been impacted is the area of education so we definitely want to talk about those shifts so we're going to be definitely focusing on the music i know a lot of folks listening is be hearing uh the music primarily but we definitely going to switch gears a little bit and switch it from laku kev to leko kev leko creole for school so we're going to be uh focusing on some educators and we're going to have a little dialogue right now i don't want to go into too many details on whom we're going to have on because couple other folks might uh, join the conversation but i'm gonna play some music then i want to get in the rationale why we got to really switch um gears in 2020 and we really can't have um another 10 years of uh, police violence on uh, uh people of color anymore amud aubrey uh who was killed by not just police uh former cop but citizens civilians who uh lynched this man and uh, we're at a crossroads, so we're, we're going to pause and listen to some music and reflect. Yes, this is WHCR 90.3, the voice of Harlem. And yes, this is L'Ecole Kev, with your boy Kev, and we'll be right back. Kebela, c'est la Kev.
WHCR 90.3 FM here in Harlem. You already know this is your Cosmic Quarantine. And uh, this is Laku Kev. We're doing Le Cold Kev. Where we're going to switch gears a little bit and focus on uh, how people are doing. Educators, specifically educators of color, are uh, teaching the youth in quarantine and remote learning and... uh, Hopefully understand the microdynamics of uh, how technology has been uh, kind of shut down the throats in a lot of way. And maybe uh, this pandemic is what they needed to uh, make that final push. So um, we are definitely going to miss out a lot of, a lot of uh, person-to-person learning. And uh, so now I think it's definitely a time where we got to really just analyze and scrutinize education and, and at the crossroads. So... Uh, yeah, so we're going to continue on. If you, you're an educator, you can get in touch. Um, you can leave a comment on soundcloud.com slash lakukev. Um, or get it through uh, whcr.org. You can find me there. Yes, but today, yeah, I have the pleasure. I'm going to introduce an old uh, colleague of mine, uh, V. Ferg, Vince Ferguson, Mr. Ferguson. A, uh, got to know him as a social justice teacher, but also a musician, music producer, and he teaches that to young people in Brooklyn. So we're going to chat with him and how he's doing with remote learning. It is bananas out there. So we got plenty for you. And we're going to be uh, probably at the half hour mark. We're going to bring in uh, Mr. Ferg. And, uh, yeah, if you have an educator friend, you can get in touch. Uh, just hit me up, uh, Kevin F. Mason at Gmail. And uh, we'll get you on the air. Yo, 
C'est moi qui le roi, c'est vous qui la reine, elle fait ni plein choix, que baoli en foi, nous a dans la jeune, elle fait pas ni loi, t'es arrivé trop loin, pas arrivé trop loin, c'est moi qui le roi, c'est vous qui la reine, elle fait ni plein choix, que baoli en foi, nous a dans la jeune, elle fait pas ni loi, pas arrivé trop loin. Talk. Who was ready for this? Dang, 2020 is crazy. They dropped the whole uh, Uzi project, then a whole pandemic hits. Uzi. Boy, but talking about money longer, we're gonna come back uh, very shortly with the homie V Ferg. Give it up.
HCR 90.3 FM, Nueva York. Yes, I want to talk to Mr. Ferguson. Is that you, sir? Yes, yes, yes. Mr. Ferguson in the building. Greetings, man. What's going on? Yo, many blessings. So, yeah, we are on the phone with uh, Mr. V. Ferg. I got to know him as a social justice teacher when we uh, collaborated on a few things. Now he's a music teacher in uh, La Kukev, Le Kukev. Now we're going to see how teachers are working remotely. V. Ferg, how are you? Yeah, everything's good, man, despite the circumstances over here, staying healthy and uh, yeah, just, just re- readjusting, like re- refocusing my aim on uh, how do we address education now. And yeah, that, that's, that's been the current thing on my mind. So I appreciate being able to have conversations about it. Yeah, absolutely. And everybody, uh, you indicated everybody's well in Georgia where the family's at down. Everybody's doing okay? Yeah, family's not really about hanging out like that yet. But, you know, yeah, definitely as they reopen up things, yeah, we're, well, family's coming out on the second wave of openings. So, yeah, we're, we're holding tight for a little while. Okay. Well, many blessings. And additionally, so tell us the uh, momentum you had starting in the beginning of the year as a, and just tell us what your position is and, you know, just the strides you made until the whole pandemic went down. Got it. Got it. So, uh, so right now uh, I teach uh, at a charter school. We got a thousand students all black and brown, and uh, I teach uh, music production and essentially rock band. So I think uh, we have about 20-plus workstations with uh, Logic fully loaded, and so the students have the ability to create their own uh, their own soundtracks, their own music, various genres, and also uh, think of guitar, bass, drums, and two keyboardists and vocalists for uh, live performances that happen in the school and, uh, and around the school community. Okay, great. And what's the day-to-day? So they come to you, and what's this, what's about the size of the class? Uh, so the size is usually about usually about fifteen students. So yeah, and then we everybody has a computer that they log into, and I, one of my classes is the band class, and that happens uh, throughout the year continuously, and we have run a trimester schedule. But yeah, day-to-day, yeah, the students will log in, they'll get their their assignment, they'll learn the production technique, but then you know, right around, you know, right around that midway point, there's flexibility and they're able to set up everything on their own and start uh, recording each other. And then that's when I just give them various prompts, but then you, you see their, uh, their creative input now that they have the tools to create. Plus, I let them shine. I, I let them shine too. So, you know, they'll they be, they be on their, their, there's a social media time will I allow it to be like, yeah, I'm in the studio, in the stew, you know, get their, their followers up because that, that's just a part of, part of the entertainment model too. So, we let them get their little shine time. And, and it is an official studio, so they're not lying. So I was like, all right, if I had a studio in high school, how would I brag about it? <laughs> I'm not upset at all. Understanding the holistic part of being an artist, it sounds like, Mr. Ferg. Knows. Yeah, it, exactly. I've seen it. And, and on that, you know, I'm, there's no doubt young people know better than us on how to navigate SoundCloud, how to navigate Instagram and everything like that. Sounds like they're pretty adept with that, but how are, what's the software they take to the best for uh, music production? Uh, so the software is um, uh, a Logic, so Logic Pro X. So it's Apple-based music production software. And uh, it, it's super interesting because it's that thing where we have several students that might have IEPs or different learning strategies that we use around them. And that barrier to understanding and creating goes away. Like, that's a great equalizer. So uh, we, we have uh, uh, an artist yeah, that came in, again, you know, regular school work. He's like, you know, pretty medium. But when it comes to the actual production, you know, he's the guy that everybody goes to for the beats. And now he's, he's trap king. So he's got all the trap beats. And it's that thing where it's like a level playing field. It's a really hard to judge who will excel. And, it's, and I, I find a lot of my students that struggle in other academic areas will be in there just fully expressed and just dive in deep. And next thing you know, they've got a whole new social base just off of, you know, how they choose to express themselves using the software. Absolutely. Music production is a great way for uh, young people who might not be doing as well in a different class, like that multiple or that alternate uh, knowledge that they have or multiple intelligence, Gardner's multiple intelligences. Yep, yep, there it is. And then, I'm, then I'm, I'm straight with them. I'm clear with them. I'll be like, you know what? This is this software is called Logic. Like, why not train your brain? This is essentially computer programming. Like, you're telling the machine what to output. So, yeah. you 
know, uh, if, some of them might not even be interested in music like that, but uh, I just flip it and be like, all right, like this is, this is brain training. Like you're in a rare opportunity to have this type of software. And like, all right, like how are you training your brain? Boom, here's something right here. And that's a good point. And I feel a little alienated now because I look at Logic, I'm like, I don't get this. And then I look at Ableton and I'm like, ooh. So uh, I'm going to have to be a little more intuitive and give Logic another chance then for sure. Uh, <laughs> they're responding well. And again, you know, um, it sounds like a lot of young people are producing, but everything was going well. And then this pandemic hits. The studio's not there. They're not in the stew right now. But tell me how the young people are transitioning and uh, some techniques you've been using to educate them. Yeah, so first of all, like that's yeah, it was, it was just a rough thing that happened, you know. And you got to think of all the it was in the middle of a of a transition where you know some of the students that the trimester hadn't ended, and so you have all these students with all their projects on it, and we can't get back in the building. Yeah, so nope. you know, it's a it, it hurt, it was like a psychological hurt. They're like, oh, okay, I can't finish my project, and then yeah. for for the performing arts department, it's like, all right, we got plays and larger events that we do, and we have budgets. We 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 had essentially a little mini tour around the city that we had set up. And we were about to go on tour with the band around the you know local area, but but now we were able to. Uh, luckily, there's a, a software called Soundtrap that uh, Spotify just acquired them, but it's an online music production software. And we've been able to get licenses for that. And that's been, for us, yeah, the music side, a game changer. It's been really good to see them uh, take on to that. And it, I, I beta tested several of these online platforms, and some of them were just trash. But now, like, this one just came along, and, yeah, it's just really, really good. So I, I, I grade papers by literally just, like, going down the track and seeing what the students produce, and I can see them creating real time. So, yeah, so that, that's been the saver for for us and getting the, the students still engaged with the software is a uh, sound trap. Like right now that between that and just, you know, various YouTube videos, like that's what we're doing. So music production teachers are using sound trap in remote learning. That, that That's what I've been promoting. Like I, I feel like they should cut me the check, but yeah, I'm, <laughs> I, I just promote what works. And yeah, we've had some success in, in that software. Yeah, and you say something interesting. You know, young folks who are working all year for that, like, uh, final performance. You know, everybody, you know, is always like the end-of-year performance. Your young people are working on their songs. And we haven't really discussed the impact of, like, the cliffhanger education year. And perhaps, you know, the byproduct of trauma. And it's like things that are unfinished for young people. And they might not have closure on those assignments ever again. Hmm. So. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that that's that's the reality, like that that cliffhanger. And I think, I think speaking to the trauma side, like that uh, before I even became like full time teacher relief, you know, I dealt in the the social emotional aspects. Like I was more of a consultant that worked in different schools around the school culture. And um, but yeah, I'm I'm also really like like almost like a straight up counselor now because some of the students are really going through some tricky times. And yeah, they, they just check in in a genuine way about what's going on. And some of them have, uh, have lost parents. Like some of them are now, yeah, you know, essentially the, the head of the household taking care of stuff while mom or dad is out working. And yeah, that's some real stuff. And some students that are just like, I got, I have too much trauma, mister. I can't even really focus on work right now. And so it's like figuring that part out. Like that's the, the tricky thing. And then, yeah, I got, you know, some students that work on the assignments that, um, yeah, that, that want to do the music stuff, even though they just lost their parent. Like, that's just what they want to connect to right now. So, yeah, so it's like this, like, strange connection where, you know, you a lot of the students, even though some of them it's their first trimester in the class, have known me and have been checking in for a while because they've been waiting to get into the class. Yeah. So it's like we, we had a relationship established before, and now it's like, all right, yeah, this is the thing I like to do with music. Thank you for having this open. And the school gives us, you know, there, there's some leniency as far as, uh, you know, what students might need more time to do different things. But again, it's interesting to be able to, or it's fortunate to be able to give a lot of students an outlet to, you know, rechannel that, 
you know, whether it be the grief energy or depression or, or just being stir crazy, not being able to be out, hanging out. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. So, so it's like, yeah, it's definitely some heavy stuff and some days are tricky as you get this news and you definitely feel a sense of community because, you know, that's, that's a thousand people that you know what's going on in some fashion with the students. Wow. So, Vifer, you're taking on a lot as uh, not just uh, instructor of, you know, the brass tacks of software and music production, but that counselor role in uh, crazy, crazy times of COVID. And a lot, um, you know, I guess the highest rates of COVID are in the Bronx, but in the schools, Brooklyn's the most affected, actually. So, uh, mm. you know, my heart goes out to the kiddos and the staff members over there. And, um, yeah, we're having colleagues who are losing parents as well. So, we're at the height of it, man. We're in the we're in the belly of the beast right now in New York City, um, and uh, it's crazy. And you're adapting well, so we need a vitamin, B. Ferg, and um, tell, <laughs> uh, we need some. Uh, you know, and as you mentioned, you know, music is the young people who are, who are experiencing trauma are asking you like, "Hey, I still want to do the music as a way." Hey, this is therapy for me in a lot of ways. So tell us a little bit about. You're also an artist. I got to see you in uh, Cousins of Band, uh, and also B. Yep. Ferg. So. Break it down. Wow. And remember when we played at Marcus Garvey Park? Oh, man. Legendary. Legendary. Oh, Legendary fun. I was a little sad because it was like, you were like, oh, gentrification. But we're still here. A year later, you're in Bushwick. So, ah. Hey, hey, look. Hey, I, I, I travel about. I, I still got street cred in Harlem. Oh, we already <laughs> know. We already know. That. You're the mayor. So you're the mayor. We, we've seen it out a couple times. Um, but additionally, you're tell good. us hear your song. Then we're going to come back, chat a little more about what you've been doing. But, um, yeah, can you pre- uh, preview your new fire? You said it's the best thing you've ever done. Yes, yes. So, so yeah, appreciate the intro. Yeah. Good, good for the confidence. <laughs> and uh, so, so yeah, so, so I've got, yeah, just two entities. So I roll with V Ferg as, you know, my solo artist work. And uh, Cousins the Band is my band. But it's, it's like one package because if I'm out, doing a show with Z for Cousins of the Band is my band anyway. So I yeah. like to do a hybrid of live and, uh, you know, uh, produce music. But yeah, my latest project is called Vitamin. And the whole theme is to repurpose music as a, a supplement. Like it's a, something that can, you know, change your mood. Like, like there's, there's, you know, a reduction of cortisol, you know, a release of dopamine can happen. Like there's all these dynamics that are happening physically in your body. And I feel like we haven't done enough justice in honoring that. Yeah. So, so I, I created an experience where there's some like deep shares about you know my experience in New York. About what is it to be a creative in New York? Like the highs and lows. Um, I talk about depression. I talk about just like motivational things. What's it look like to to be around inspiring people? But also just that theme of all right, if I'm gonna take my time to listen to a music. And what am I? What am I feeding my spirit with? So it, it really is—it's an album, but it's also a, a question for people to just be aware. It's like a PSA built into an album. And like, what 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 are you feeding your soul with? Because you know, different thing. I'm not at all shaming any types of music. I think yeah. there's a there's a time and place for stuff to go on, but you know, in, in these type of times that we're in, like, I feel like there has to be something where it's like, all right, like I'm feeding my spirit right now. Like this is something where I, I'm actively choosing what type of vibe or energy that I'm feeding my, my, my mind and ears with. So, so yeah, so the, the latest single that's coming out with that is, uh, is I am. So it's a, it's a declarative statement, you know, you know, God's so powerful that he could be like, I am and just say, but we'll have that, that power. So it's like, what, what do you want to be? Like, I, I am a musician. I am a creator. So I'm just stating it powerfully. And, uh, it's, so that, that one has, a. Uh, bit of a, a Brazilian flair to it with some, some modern trap elements, but definitely has a bit of bow and some uh, traditional Brazilian instruments that create a, 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 a vibe where you're definitely a part of a live music, you feel the live music element. But yes, I'm looking forward to it, man. So as soon as uh, I'm going on the digital streams before uh, the world opens back up. But yeah, definitely mm. looking to put this project out. Well, look forward to hearing it. Uh, so right now we're going to go with V Ferg, new track called I Am off uh, his new record, Vitamin, here on Le Col Kev, here on WHCR 90.3 FM, the voice of Harlow.
Yeah, thank you, sir. Thank you, thank you. Wow, WHCR 90.3 FM here in Harlem, the voice of Harlem. This is uh, Leko Kev talking about education in 2020 in the time of pandemic with a premier educator of not only music production but social justice from the great state of Georgia. V. Ferd. <laughs> yes, sir. So we heard, we just heard I am there speaking things into existence and you've definitely, uh, you were, we met as uh, educators uh, in East Harlem uh, working in a social justice classroom. Uh, me on the special education side, you definitely brought music in. Um, but social justice, how important is that to you in modern education? And what the heck does that mean? Is that just a way that these, these schools are getting grants? What is so- social justice? Got it. So, yeah, so when I think social justice is like the word that buzzes in my spirit is, is a awareness. So it's like awareness of the things that are going on in society that, you know, when you're looking, it's like, all right, that's not, that's not quote-unquote fair like that's not how we should be treated as people and it's like you know especially some of the things that are going on with the youth in their neighborhood right in front of them you know they're dealing with real issues of you know police brutality gentrification like all these buzzwords are just real for them and I don't feel like before so that, that, it's, it's ticking up now where schools are having these conversations but before i felt like the youth were left to process all these things that were going on and there w- weren't enough teachers talking about it or curriculum talking about it yeah so i feel like it's just just the awareness of the environment that the youth are in right now and giving them an outlet to talk about it and uh yeah if they, if they want to protest or raise awareness giving them some tools to uh to do that and, and I feel like it's a thing where it could be very dangerous when you you almost act like these things aren't going on around them and you don't address it in any way. And yeah. of course, not every teacher is comfortable, you know, addressing some of these social justice issues. You might not feel like they relate culturally or whatever else. Have, but, yeah, good point. Yeah. And, and, and but with that, go ahead. No, you're right. You know, and we're just at that point where it's like it has to be uh, if educators are uncomfortable about it. You know, imagine what the young people are going through every day who are living with that uncomfortability of police violence, of, uh, you know, vigilante justice. And I think, you know, right. We were working. You and I were working a block from Central Park that in the mind of, you know, the middle class uh, white experience. It's like, oh, I love being at the park. Right. And as you know an area of refuge and you could do whatever you want you know a lot of people aren't even social distancing there but a lot of our kids were like i was like why don't you go over there they're going to may grant playground instead and they're like i don't know white ladies start like asking us like oh why are we here why are we playing like that and it's like that policing of what is perceived as white space not allowed to for the, for the young people we're serving mm. yeah um <laughs> that's real it's real it is yeah, real. It, 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 You're right. And I like where you're saying that some educators aren't. But I think, you know, in 2020, we just can't have this, you know, Ahmad Arbery being uh, a legacy of vigilante justice going back from, uh, regrettably, Emmett Till to today. You know, it's 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 historic and it's so modern. Man. And it's it occurred in Georgia, where you're from, right? Yeah, man. Yeah, that's a very so, common thing. Like, that's a, that's a thing. And it's unfortunate that, like, in you know, the school would be the essential hub uh, in the public sphere where we'd be talking about it with the with the young people most affected. You know, Ahmad would have he graduated seven years ago from high school. You know, not that long ago. Yeah, and it's, it's real. And and maybe in your circles, what what's some of the discussion going on around this? Uh, so I, I would say even to, to back up a little bit. So. Uh, First of all, like you might not be able to see me, but I, I am a black male. So, so just it's being an interesting position of being a black male in an academic environment at a, at a school with predominantly black and brown students. Uh, a lot of times I end up in those conversations with the male students where that moment where they realize that, that they are black in America. Yeah. Like that moment where something happens where it's like, oh, like this is what somebody was talking about before 
And I, I even had a student who was sitting across from a white lady on the bus. And he's, he's, a, he's a big dude. He's like 6'6", you know, but he's like a gentle giant. He's like a goofy kid. And the lady, like, I guess they get eye contact. And the lady, you know, she grabbed some pepper spray. And she was like, don't, don't harm me. Don't do anything to me. He's like, I'm watching you too. And like, kind of gives like a, a gesture of, you know, like he's about to do something to her. Yeah. And he's dressed in a school uniform, you know, got a book bag. And it, it kind of hits them that there's this fear of, you know, of, of a black body. Yeah. And so just processing that in a world where, you know, like that, that whole thing where everybody wants fair. I think middle schoolers are always like, that's not fair. But like the reality is when they start realizing that a lot of things aren't quote unquote fair and the whole, you know, you start seeing some realities of how people's mindsets are that unfortunately are a lot of the people that are in power and can harm them if they're not careful. So, so really, really starting from, from there where they begin to identify with, you know, these types of losses, like they, they registers like, yeah, that could have been them. They could have been training for something while going around. So, so that, that's, that's really where, where it hits the hardest. And, and it's tricky now because we we've been remote it's not like we're always on video so we really haven't had a lot of chances to properly process what was going on with this case and, and i would say uh, to credit to, to my current school environment like we we are very we're very active when it comes to the information thing and talking about stuff that goes on so normally we would have been having these hard conversations about what's happening but we're I, I really like that we're good at that but now with the social distancing, I feel like some of the processing doesn't happen in real time anymore. And I, I don't know what the effects of that is yet. So, yeah, so that, that part we're still trying to work around. We could send an article, but that's not the same as, you know, a student being able to say, say their piece and process how they feel about it. A hundred percent, you know, and that's going to be a consideration that you can't have that small group. Like you used to lead a, uh, a small group circle, you know, of about 15 young people. We, you can't have that emotional impact in Zoom. I regret, you know, you, you can't. And to take on, you know, something of this gravity in 2020, um, it, it, you're right. Remote's going to do something, uh, not, not going to do it a, ser a, a service. And I yeah, think what is uh, the, the story you told about the young man on the bus who was minding his own business, right? He was in a school uniform, minding his own business, and this woman came into his space. Um, and I think it turns on its head, you know, when we were at the previous charter school, the idea of, like, politics of respectability, put the children in ties and bow ties, and they won't be perceived as such. This young man's dressed the same, dressed in a bow tie, and still being perceived as a threat. Yep, it's, it's tough. Yeah, <laughs> respectability politics. Yeah, all that. Right, it's, it's still a threat. Now, 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 his size is unacceptable. Something that he can't control. Yeah, exactly. And that's the biggest farce. And I wonder why. And I, you know, I, even when, regrettably, when the police were called at our old school. The cops would be like, what uniform were they wearing? Were they wearing an orange one? Were they wearing a green one? So again, you know, now the charter school is a demarcator of how to identify the young, the young black person who might have been elusive in a public school outfit, right? Hmm. <laughs> right, right, yeah, it's, it's still identified. It's just like another marker, right? Yeah, it's, that's a, it's a tricky thing, tricky thing. <laughs> But I do think it's certainly part of the strategy of it or how it's become uh, so popular like, to have a charter school in a traditionally underserved population uh, or an underserved neighborhood. So and again, if we want to focus on like the respectability, there was a robotics tournament at our former school. Every there were about 10 schools from all over the city. Do you think those children had to wear uniforms? <laughs> they, they didn't. They did not. I'm curious. It was the host school, uh, the school we worked at, that was 100% black and brown children. They were wearing the uniforms, right? Hmm. Of And then the other kids who were coming in, white kids, Asian kids who were coming in wearing Yeezys. They were wearing Jordan. <laughs> and they were wearing 
one kid was wearing an odd future shirt. It's like, so the optic is the black and brown kids have to wear the suit and tie, blah, 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 where these other white kids are going to poach on their style in their own neighborhood. (laughs) So again, that again, respectability politics are not going to change that woman on the bus from reaching for her peppers. Yeah, yeah, that's the tricky part. That's it. And, and the fact that the students are smart enough to get that. Like, middle school, they're still kind of figuring it out, but definitely by high school, like, they, they know that. And, you know, and the thing that, that, that disappoints me about the situation is that, you know, there's, 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 there's well-meaning white people. Like, all white people aren't out to get them. But the thing is, like, a lot of times they can't be themselves around white people. They don't even know how to be because they're so used to something happening. And there, there's restaurants and shops that are all around them now, and the, you know, the coffee houses, and like they're they're straight up like, yeah, I don't I don't ever want to even even walk in a place like that. Hundred percent. So 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 you have all these things that seem like amenities for one group, but you know, to them it's just like, all right, their favorite bodega went away, and that that store they used to shop at is gone, and now there's this thing that that is almost like invisible to them. They just look and see a bunch of people that don't look like them and keep it moving. Yeah, it's inaccessible. Yeah, it's inaccessible, right? Even though you know they, they could go in and buy a, you know, seven dollar coffee, but yeah, they're not gonna do that. You know, get, you know, a twelve dollar vegan mayonnaise jar or something in there. Yeah, <laughs> avocado toast. Yeah, you can get that avocado toast. Uh, no bacon, egg, and cheese, Papu, but yeah, that's all right. Yeah, I might get that avocado toast camp front. <laughs> With that little, uh, with that rock salt or the, uh, I, the, you know, the coarse salt on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What is it? <laughs> Looks what good. Is the that sea salt. <laughs> oh yeah, that Himalayan. But again, yeah, sharp. the Himalayan. Yes, and you are an educator. You're going to keep it going, but, and you're going to keep teaching the youth. And I really, really appreciate that. I wanted to get you as the first educated guest. Our educator guest on the program because you just got that music background and you're linking it with social justice so i do appreciate it how can people get in touch with you yeah so so you can find me on all the the social medias uh at v ferg one word v-f-e-r-g and uh yeah linkedin vincent ferguson on linkedin and and plus yeah I'm, i'm i'm community so i'm i'm around i'm accessible and yeah please reach we talk strategy and even how, how we're looking at this whole situation, uh, I, I'm hopeful because what, what I've, I've seen this, the creativity do is to create ambassadors. So now you have students with more confidence to speak about things. I feel like the, the fact that they're able to create gives them this air of confidence and identity also. So, yeah, so I, I really hope that we still focus on preserving the arts as we transition through this, uh, this tricky time with uh, this virus but yeah so i appreciate you having this platform to uh let me express myself oh of course and additionally you know i want to i want to have the folks uh here cousins of band too um can you send me a track and which one would you are you gonna send Ooh, cousins of band oh man i i think i'm gonna send you Ooh, i'm gonna have to send the new new i'm gonna send uh uh it's called bet you won't so i'm gonna send you bet- like a little little in- instrumental flair, yeah. So so we were we just like sound sometimes. So yeah, bet you won't give them a little oh. little energy movement, a little dance diddly. Ooh, I bet you I will dance. So yes, <laughs> and I bet you won't stop bringing the social justice and the music to the young people in New York City for. Hey man, we're, we're here for him, man. We're, we're gonna we're gonna be all right out here. I know this. I know this. And uh, well, we do appreciate you coming on, and we're gonna uh, play a little music by uh, V Ferg's band, Cousins the Band, with a track called "Bet You Won't." Here on WHCR 90.3 FM, Lico Kid.
It's all about supporting some local musicians right there and some local educators. That was uh, Cousins the Band featuring uh, V Ferg on bass. Uh, go, go do us all a favor. Go on to soundcloud.com uh, backslash V Ferg. Uh, Vincent Ferguson, the uh, teacher who we had on earlier uh, to talk about how he's doing with remote learning. Yes, this is Lake Cole Kev here on 90.3 WHCR. The voice of Harlem, and uh, yeah, we're switching uh, gears a little bit. I understand we had some uh, fanatics, fans of the show, who were really into the music component, but with the remote learning, we definitely have to uh, switch gears a little bit, and uh, I got to use my experience as an educator a little bit more than a DJ, to discuss how young people are getting uh, access to the curriculum. So we're going to be here every Tuesday night from 6 to 7 p.m. here on WHCR. And you can go to soundcloud.com slash lakukev if you want to hear more. And you can get it on the uh, podcast app too. But yeah, Kembela, say lakukev. We'll catch you next week. Napale. Femme sa savi ak magi Femme sa savi ak magi Mwen pa tande, Tout ça m'essaye fait pour me quitter Mwen pa tande, mwen pa C'est la pieli que mwen tourne Femme sa savi ak magi Femme sa savi ak magi Moi pas tendé, moi pas ouais, tout ça m'essaye fait pour me quitter. Moi pas tendé, moi pas ouais, c'est la pierre que moi
Whoa! 